learned that I was putting too much pressure on myself to try to impose these deadlines and that it was stifling the creativity. And so I've learned to just really slow down and think this could take years and that's okay. Welcome to the book I had to write. I'm Paul Zakshevsky. This is the show where I feature critically acclaimed writers who tell me all about the stories they just had to get out into the world. We talk about where authors get stuck and how they succeed, whether it's about mindset stuff or craft issues or just how to navigate the changing landscape of publishing. This show covers everything you need to know about how to start and finish your own writing project. In October, I signed up for a workshop, and not just any workshop, it was something called a Generative Memoir Bootcamp. And it was run by a terrific writer and coach named Katie Bannon. For five days, several writers got together, led by Katie, to jumpstart our memoir writing projects. For a recovering perfectionist like myself, the workshop was a real eye-opener. Instead of revising endlessly, I got myself to focus on discovering techniques and habits that really made it easy to produce new work. And not long afterwards, I wrote up a post on my Substack newsletter about the biggest takeaways from this workshop. But when it came time to record an episode based on that post, I wanted to expand the conversation. So I invited on one of the other participants from the group, a writer named Amity Reed. In this episode, we talk about everything we learned to stay in drafting mode and to put aside our most perfectionist tendencies. Amity Reed is an author with a background in journalism, and she's also a midwife. Her first book, called Overdue, is part memoir and part manifesto. It's a look at her experiences in maternity care in the UK. Amity is currently working on her second book, also a memoir, and she currently lives on the south coast of England with her husband and two children. I hope you get as many takeaways from the conversation as we did from the workshop. Uh, well, welcome, Amity. I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're doing this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So by way of background, you and I both participated in a generative memoir boot camp. So that was with the writing coach, Katie Bannon. And it was, it was a great experience for me. I just, it really kind of got me started writing again, which was great. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really good to just be amongst other writers and have a bit of a kickstart. You know, it's so easy to get lost in your writing alone and to forget that there's other people out there going through the same experience and having the same struggles. And yeah, I found it really helpful as well. You're, you said you're on the coast of England? Yeah, on the south coast. Was it weird to join kind of so many hours into the future? Or? No, not too much, actually. It was fine. Yeah, it actually worked out really well because I could do a bit of writing in the morning before class and then and then come into the into the sessions having already kind of warmed up a little bit so it was nice i think i had the opposite problem than you which was that it was very early here on the on the west coast of california yeah (laughs) (laughs) i ended up kind of leaving that workshop i mean it, it got me kind of you know started writing again and i come up with a few different tips that i published on my substack newsletter but i thought it'd be fun to kind of learn more about some of the takeaways that you had for me, I think one of the biggest things that I took out of it, and it's just something, so I'm definitely, I would call myself a, a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. 
I don't know if that resonates for you. Very much so resonates with me. Yes. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So I've actually worked with Katie uh, one-on-one, Katie Bannon, um, as a writing coach. And one of the biggest things that she has done for me in our work together is to help me to address my perfectionist tendencies. Because what I was doing was trying to write, because nonfiction propose, is often sold on proposal in the UK, so you don't necessarily have to have the complete manuscript. And so I kept trying to get the first three chapters to be perfect to try to start <laughs> querying agents and querying publishers. And I was just going over and over these same three chapters and then going, maybe I should start here instead. And yeah, I basically was like, she was like, you need to write the rest of the story because you will probably find that you have, you might have a completely different beginning. So I've had to really work hard over the last few months to really let go of the perfectionist tendencies and to actually put things in place to stop me from looking back over old material, like having, you know, opening, I work mainly in Google Docs, so opening up a whole new folder that is just for new material so that I can't even see the old stuff because I do have a tendency to want to just open up an old document and go over it and, you know, go line by line and perfect sentences. And I've, I've really tried to get out of that bad habit. Yeah. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. I, you know, I also worked with her one-on-one and something she said near the beginning was something like, it's the difference between taking yourself and your story seriously, but lowering the stakes of your writing. Exactly. It's like kind of learning that balance. What is it you do to try to lower stakes? You, you mentioned one thing, you try not to look at your old documents. Anything else? Um, I think a main thing for me was just realizing that I don't need to rush this process. Um, You know, I don't need to have this done. You know, I I initially started writing this book or what was the beginnings of a previous idea for a book, which is now morphed into this in like 2020. So I've been working on this idea and then it it evolved into a slightly different thing and then a slightly different thing again. And I I initially had this kind of sense of urgency behind it. of like I need to pinpoint what exactly this is about and exactly how I'm going to tell the story. And actually, I've learned to really that I was putting too much pressure on myself to try to impose these deadlines and that it was stifling the creativity. And so I've learned to just really slow down and think this could take years and that's okay. Um, You know, I found it really reassuring when Katie mentioned in that in that session that she'd been working on her manuscript for 10 years. So I felt really reassured by that. Like, it's not just me when I when I would say to people, I've been working on this book for like three years now, and I'm still not even like halfway through with it. I found that so many other memoir writers, especially seem to be like, yeah, me too. So it felt really good to know that I could just take that pressure off and allow myself to be more creative. Yeah, I I can really identify with what you're saying. You know, it's funny, memoir in particular does feel like it takes a while for that story to kind of come into focus. Uh, One of the other things that occurred to me that I felt what Katie did was really helpful. So she had us do some planning, right, in this workshop. She had all these cool exercises, like coming up with the situation of our memoir, what we thought, you know, the plot might be, and finding different scenes and stuff. Any of those exercises particularly helpful for you? Absolutely. I think getting into my head that there's the character you and then there's the narrator you was really key for my understanding of how to keep the story authoritative and so that the reader feels like there is that sense of control and continuity and that you know where you're taking it, but to also be able to write 
the character of yourself in the past and as the narrator having realizations as you're writing it. I mean, it can get very meta when you start getting into memoir writing. Like, Yeah. Yeah, all those layers. Exactly. And I even uh, messaged Katie the other day actually saying, can the narrator also have realizations that then change what they initially thought they were out to tell the story of? Like, can the can what they thought they were telling the story of evolve as well as the character? And she was like, absolutely. Like, you can definitely have that happen. So that's, again, been really freeing for me to understand that I can have that creativity and that that um, fluidity, really, I guess, in the writing and that I don't need to stick to, like, this rigid structure and have everything planned out in advance. I am definitely a little bit more of a pantser than a planner. Um, and I like, <laughs> I like to write when I'm feeling inspired and when things feel urgent. Um, so it's been, it's been quite nice for me to know that I don't need to have it all tied up in a neat bow before I even sit down to start writing anything. I love that. So that's like kind of like tips two and three. It's important to do some planning, but maybe tip number three, not too much planning or understand that your planning is maybe going to go out the window. Yeah, exactly. You have to be, be able to have a plan. Like I always have a plan, but I'm now no longer rigidly sticking to that plan if it's no longer working or serving my, my needs. So I, I'm quite happy to then reassess and go, is this what I want to write about right now? Is this where I want to go? I will sometimes try out a structure for a little while and try to impose that on the writing and set a schedule with that. But then I'll give myself permission to let it go if it's not working and say, okay, let's try something else. And instead of going, well, I've chosen this idea, I have to stick with it. I'm now allowing myself to just say, okay, well, that maybe that will work, maybe it won't, but it's not feeling right right now. So let's pick something else and, and just be a bit more free with it. So for me, the exercises that I felt, found most helpful was to do a, a scene list, actually. And, and I'll mm. talk about that again in a little bit. But just even generating that so I would have some sense of where things were going to go and also a sense of where I wanted to write to, even if that's going to change. What, which of the exercises really helped you in terms of the planning part of this? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think writing down the scenes definitely has helped me. Um, and she also had given the tip of writing them on sort of like index cards. So that's really helpful for me. I'll sometimes get down on the floor and put them all out and then kind of mix them around. Or go, what if I put this scene here? And like physically being able to sit down on the floor with pieces of paper that I can move around um, has been really helpful. Or sometimes I'll take a piece of writing that I've done and I'll highlight certain like main themes and then spread them out on the floor so I can see like where the themes are appearing physically on the page so that I can get a better sense of the, of the story. Because especially when you're working on a computer, it's really hard to have that bigger picture. You, it's like kind of hard to zoom out sometimes when you've got all these different tabs open, but you can't see them all at once. So sometimes I have to physically print things off, highlight them, and then just sit down on the floor with, you know, spread all around me in the chaos to be able, and, and sometimes I do have really key realizations, like this can go here, or I can physically move that there that I can't really quite do from the computer. Yeah, it's why I think when they, you know, people put on social media, like what, you know, their writing spaces, it always looks like one of those detective show, like murder boards. It's like they have all the pins and yes. the people. And <laughs> A 
Another tip that occurred to me after doing Katie's class or something that I found really helpful was to think about building in accountability from the start. You know, so for me, like maybe doing co-writing Zooms, this I actually started one after, you know, doing Katie's class and I'm going to be joining another writer's co-writing Zoom to kind of keep myself accountable the early part of next year. What do you find yourself doing to kind of stay accountable to the project? Yeah, I think I think a lot of the same things, really. I am in a couple of writing groups that meet on Zoom, so that's really good for accountability. And I always tell myself beforehand, though, because, again, because I'm a bit of a pantser and I like to have a bit of freedom so I don't feel constrained, I'll tell myself, even if I don't particularly feel like working on my current body of work, on my manuscript, if I give myself permission to go in and write about anything, so maybe just doing a writing prompt during that, I often find that even just doing that writing prompt will then get me into the material precisely because I've given myself permission to not have to write about it if I don't feel like it. I think I've got a little bit of like a defiance thing going on there. Where if, I, if, if somebody tells me not to write about something, I want to write about it and the opposite. But yeah, it's for me, it's having those regular sessions though where I know I'm going to show up and that I'm going to write something because even if I start off writing literally the words, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, I will eventually start writing something. And, and by the end of that, say it's a 15 minute exercise, I will probably have at least you know one or two sentences that I like that I can then apply to my actual manuscript. So to me, that was, a, that was another you know good lesson for me to learn is that no writing is wasted and that you don't have to sit down and do all of your writing on your current manuscript. You can do other types and styles of writing and other ways and routes around it to get to where you need to be. You have to kind of write into it. She talked a bit about, you know, writing by hand as a way to kind of help lower stakes and generate new work. And I know for me, I, I, I've done that definitely with morning pages. I haven't so much with kind of drafting creative work. Uh, and I started doing that and it's, it's definitely a way to kind of, I stay in a really different part of myself when I'm writing by hand, you know, I find like I make different associations and stuff. Did you switch at all between the computer and writing by hand, you know, during Katie's workshop? I did actually. Yeah. I, I again did, you know, vast majority of my work on the computer before. Um, and I now started doing my morning pages by hand. Um, and I also have found that it's quite helpful for me to keep just blank pieces of paper next to me when I'm writing and sometimes I'll just write down key ideas or concepts and that way I can I'm really into color so I'd like to go back and like color code things or look at oh you know I've said this and this might relate to this part of the book and then kind of go back and make them color coded so I can look at them easier later but that's definitely helped I'd like having the the blank pages around me where I can just scribble things down sometimes even drawing little mind maps um, I found that really helpful because uh, even having lined paper, I found it was made me want to make a list. But if I have blank paper, I feel a bit more like I can just write whatever I like and literally write arrows up and this could go here. And it, yeah, it's allowed for a bit more. Oh, that's really cool. So just like blank, like non-lined paper. Yeah, like kind of printer paper that I've just got next to me. And I found that I've been writing I'm getting more ideas from writing it down in that way, like literally having the blank page. Like I've tried doing it with lined paper and somehow that felt a little bit more like it was making me want to write full sentences and make it orderly. Whereas when I have a blank piece of paper, I can kind of do whatever I want with it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, do, I also feel like, and that's kind of the point with drafting, right? Is like having these new ideas and kind of 
pushing past the plan, what we were saying before, you know, rediscovering stuff, because that's the way you kind of, you figure out what your story actually is, what your book is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one other thing that Katie suggested, as, and this is kind of my fifth tip, is going where the heat is. So like, like, just say, for example, even with that scene list, she was suggesting, you know, marking things as like hot, like with, you know, maybe red, you know, not quite as exciting or, you know, in terms of our, you know, my relationship emotionally to that material right at this moment and kind of going with whatever is most exciting rather than, you know, like, oh, I have to start at the beginning here. So I'm going to start there. And, you know, because that tends to beat me down and I'm like, oh, I don't know that I want to do this today. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I, I, I absolutely cannot write about things that I don't feel like writing about. I've tried. I can make notes. I can make some general observations and thoughts. But if I'm really struggling to get any words on a page, I will fairly quickly move on and go, this clearly isn't something that I want to you know, write about today. It's not, it's not going to work. Let's just move on to what I do feel like writing about, which may be something at the end of the book. And I'm you know, chronologically only sort of towards the middle um, you know, they, they call it the murky middle for a reason, <laughs> don't they? I think a, the, the middle is a problem for a lot of people. Like, you know how you want it to start and you know where you want to end up, but how you get there can be the, the challenging part. Any other big takeaways you had from the week that we spent with Katie? Um, I would say about structure. I really liked the, what we talked about with structure, about sort of not forcing your writing into a structure because again, I've learned that from experience. I came up with a good idea for the structure for my memoir and then was trying to write to that structure. And then I realized after a while that it was actually constraining me because I was trying to figure out how like it worked perfectly in theory. But when I was sitting down to actually write those parts out, it was actually stifling what I was trying to do because I was trying to shoehorn it into those sections. And so Katie suggested, you know, just get creative with structure. And so I started looking at, you know, books like Meander, Spiral Explode by Jane Allison, um, looking at, you know, really abstract things like patterns and, you know, using sort of like art and poetry and philosophy and, you know, whatever you can draw inspiration from to think what kinds of structures you can use. And even if it's not explicitly stated, even if it's just like this implicit structure that you are following in your head and may not necessarily be explicitly spelled out for the reader in the finished manuscript, it, it's still a helpful process to go through and to try different things and ways of doing it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I love structure and thinking about it as well. And uh, it does feel like very often, you, you know, uh, I find this is true for me and also clients I work with, it's either that kind of chronology, you just kind of dump your story, or people tend to work in kind of a braided fashion, you know, back and forth, past, present. Um, mm -hmm. And there's so many more kind of exciting and creative ways to be able to tell a story. What was your original structure that wasn't working for you? It was... Well, without getting too specific, I was basically trying to get it because it's um, based on my experiences as a midwife. I thought, oh, it'd be really cool to have something based around anatomy because I, I write a lot about the body. And so I was trying to mirror it after this like bodily structure, which I still think will eventually it is kind of guiding the writing, but it might not necessarily be the actual structure that is laid out in the book. So it's just allowed me like reading books like um, Maggie Smith's You Can Make This Place Beautiful was also really inspiring for me to see how she didn't explicitly say this is how the structure is going to go. But you just intuitively picked up along the way that, oh, OK, there's going to be a kind of more like serious kind of personal essay part. Then there's going to be a bit of a poetic 
interlude and then it's you know you kind of worked out the structure and it just made me realize that I don't have to spell it out for the reader it can be something that loosely guides my writing but that it might not actually end up being you know section one x section two this exactly i think just as long right as we kind of train the reader near the beginning to expect yeah. that structure yeah that's exactly awesome. any other takeaways that you had from katie's workshop again i think just for me about writing practice is that you don't have to write every day i think that is something that a lot of people feel like you know we've been told and obviously some really successful successful writers do write every day but a lot of us have other jobs as well. You know, many, many of us are not full-time writers and this is, you know, our job is being paid to write these books. So I personally don't subscribe to that. I think you write, you do have to have some accountability um, and it is good to have, you know, to not always be waiting for the perfect moment for inspiration to strike from on high, but you don't have to write every day, but you can put those practices into place like we talked about earlier having those accountability groups that you meet with regularly and that you turn up to and that you write something at, even if you don't feel like it. Um, and even if you don't necessarily know what you want to write about that day, that you are being consistent, even if that that consistency is quite slow, even if that's only once or twice a week, because that's what you can fit into your life right now. That's okay. It doesn't have to be like everyone else's practice. That feels like a great note to end on. Amity, thank you so much for jumping on this call. And I'm excited to kind of see where both our projects go. Yeah, me too. Can't wait to see it. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to my episode on the biggest tips to jumpstarting your memoir with author Amity Reed. If you've enjoyed the show, then I hope you'll subscribe in Apple Podcasts. I'm always grateful for reviews and for sharing the show with friends. To get show notes and a transcript delivered to your inbox, please subscribe to my newsletter, The Book I Want to Write. It's at bookiwanttowrite.substack.com. Every week, I also publish short essays about writing mindset, developments in publishing, and more. If you're working on your own book you have to write, or you want to get started, maybe I can help. Find out more about me and my book coaching at bookiwanttowrite.substack.com. That's bookiwanttowrite.substack.com. And thanks for listening.